Well, good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. And what does the rest say? I will rejoice. Amen. It's a great day to be glad. Hey, let's, we want to worship the Lord and give him the first fruits of the morning and, and just lift his name up and, and declare our love for him and our dependence upon him this morning. It's great to have everyone here together and worshiping together. And welcome if you're visiting or haven't been here for a while. We my prayer is that you experience the presence of the Lord this morning and that we can get out of ourselves and uh, into him. Um, I spend plenty of time in myself. I need to spend some time in Jesus today. So, so we're going to worship him and uh, invite you to sing, to clap, to dance, to stand, but also uh, to be comfortable. Um, and, and especially if you know you have a hard time standing for a long time, please sit or whatever that might be or look like. Um, you can raise your hands. You can. We just want to have a, a free expression. Um, if you're if you're waving your hands a lot and closing your eyes, just open to make sure you're not slamming somebody in the head every once in a while. Um, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that's afforded us this morning, Father. We lift our hearts up to those in Florida and even in South Carolina who are uh, fighting devastating news, some of them, even uh, uh, for Louie and Debbie, part of our congregation, who moved to Florida whose house is now uh, unlivable and not even, can't even get to their house because the bridge has collapsed. Ble be with them. Encourage them. Help them. Not just them, but all those affected by this. Father, I pray that you would move upon the hearts of your people to open homes and to help and to, um, come to, the, to come to aids and come to rescues, God. Pray that we would pull together, Father. There's uh, things happening throughout the world, Lord. Turn, tune our hearts to you. Um, give us faith to not uh, have despair. But, Lord, turn us to prayer and even ask, God, how might we help and bless? Father, I pray that in this time that you would fill us up, strengthen us, give us hope, give us vision. Lord, as we celebrate you, God, you are still on the throne. You deserve all worship, God. Uh, as we sing this first song, God, you are the God that we sing Hosanna to. Come save us. Save us from ourselves. Save us from our sin. Uh, save us from our circumstances. Uh, be our hope. Be our guide. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hosanna, 
let the lost be found forgiven death could not hold him down he's risen so let the saints cry out we worship you we will shout hosanna jesus he saves shout Hosanna, he rose from the grave. Come and lift him up. Hosanna. The same power that rolled the stone away the same power alive in us today king jesus we call upon your name no other name same power that rolled the stone away the same power alive in us today king jesus we call upon your Bye. 
all I have in you is more than enough. Thank you, Lord. You're my sacrifice of greatest price. Still more awesome than I know. You're the coming King. You are everything. Still more awesome than I know. And all of you is more than enough for all of me, for every thirst and every need, you satisfy me with your love and all I have in you.
believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there were wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe every word that you said. I believe there are scars in your hands, that your goodness is good without end, and you'll never change. I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age. All
just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I just want you and nothing else, nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. And nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Jesus, we thank you that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And on your right hand are pleasures Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your anointing. Lord, we just thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord.
God, when it comes down, we realize that we sometimes chase so many things. There's nothing that we want more than you. God, help to remind us that you're all that we need. Nothing else satisfies in this life. In our pursuits of happiness or success, raising the perfect family or having the perfect home, God, only you satisfy, only you. God, you are more than enough. And God, if we'll allow ourselves to come into your presence and allow you to change us, allow you to love us in a greater way, all those other things will begin to fade away and get cast off. And we'll realize that nothing else will do. We thank you, God. I'm going to ask the ushers to begin to pass out the elements for communion, but we're going to do it a little differently this morning. I don't want anyone to be comfortable, so we're going to give you an out. But here's what I want you to do. Instead of taking one bread and one juice, I want you to take two of one thing. Take two breads or two juices. And when we begin, your goal is to go find somebody who has two of the opposite. And you're going to have communion with them. And some of you are freaking out. So you can, of course, do the easy thing and just do it with the person you came with, and that'll be great. And if this really terrifies you, then just take one of each. But what we want to do is become more part of the body of Christ and go and find somebody to do communion with. It. And, and, and it's going to get even worse now. After you take communion, I want you to pray for each other. Now, here's how easy that can be, because some of you are like, I don't pray out loud. Here's what you can do. Pray silently, and when you're done praying for them, just say, amen, out loud. And they'll know that you're done. <laughs> and God will have heard what you said in secret. But what we really want to, and I kind of lighten this up, but communion is a beautiful moment where we realize we are part of the body of Christ, and we are part of the body of Christ because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. It's not something that we can do on our own. It's not something that we can conjure up. It's not because we've joined some organization or something where we're now, sadly, having juice and crackers, and that can be bad in some places. But it's because the bread... The bread, the matzah bread, represents the body of Jesus Christ who allowed himself to be broken for you and for me, to be healed from all of our sickness and disease, whether we see our healing here or when we finally see it when we're in heaven and get a restored and renewed body, his breaking of his body for us causes all that to be true. And that juice, that grape juice that you're drinking, 
it represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out as, a, as forgiveness, as a remission of sins because we can't forgive our own sins. We can't be good enough to have our sins to be forgiven. Only Jesus, only by the blood of the Lamb, the spotless Lamb, can our sins be forgiven. And that's what He did for us. The Bible says in Leviticus that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, there is no forgiveness of sins. God knew, He designed this, that only Jesus' blood would forgive us of our sins. This is not just a juice and crackers moment, church. This is communion with Almighty God, recognizing that we are forgiven from our sins and that we are part of something much bigger, much greater than anything we could ever imagine. That's why we're going to do it together. We're going to continue to worship, and you go and have communion. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus, for the blood of Jesus, broken and poured out for us. Nothing else does. Nothing else will do, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for these things. Go and have communion with somebody as we continue to worship. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else. Nothing else will do, I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I'm caught up in your presence, and I just want to sit here at your feet. here for blessing. I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're enough. God, we need nothing more. Nothing more in this world. 
I thank you that we are part of the body of Christ. You are the head. We're the body. God, I thank you and I am privileged and blessed to be part of this local body here at the Journey Church. To be loved and to have these amazing people to love and pour ourselves into each other, to encourage each other, to love each other, to walk with each other, to mourn with each other, to rejoice with each other. God, I pray that you would knit our hearts together more and more, especially as the day draws closer of your return. We thank you for this morning, this time in worship, this time in communion. Pray your presence, your spirit, your blessing would be upon the rest of the service. Pray these things in the name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen. 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 Now go and love somebody before you're seated. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Well, welcome to the Journey Church. If you are joining us for the first time, we're so excited to have you, and we would love to get connected to you. One way that you can do that is by filling out there's connection cards in the pockets of the seats, and then you can put those connection cards in the tithe and offering boxes that are in the back of the room here. Um, I do have quite a few announcements for us, and I'm going to encourage you that if you are someone who forgets dates and times, to please pull out a piece of paper and write these things down. <laughs> oh, it, it will be on the website, so you can always go to thejourneychurchbigger.com and check it out there. But if you'd like to write this down, please do so now. Um, look, actually, I have this really cute little piece of paper. It looks like a coffee cup, which I figured I could segue into as a reminder, we do have our Illuminate Youth Group Cafe that opens at 8.30, no, 9, well, between 8.30 and 9 <laughs> on Sunday mornings, and that all goes to support the youth group. So um, we've got some amazing baristas, some of my youth kids, so whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we have Mark and Janalee Johnson that are going to be joining us on October 16th. For those of you that may not know who they are, 
they are actually one of our missions that we support. You'll see their picture out on the wall out there. And uh, Mark does incredible worship. He's going to be bringing the word on the 16th. He's going to be doing worship on the 23rd. But then what's even cooler is that we get to spend some time fellowshipping with them. We're going to do a potluck on the 16th immediately after church. So we're going to take advantage of having our circus tent up uh, before it gets super cold. And we'll have some time of fellowship together under the tent. So again, that's October 16th, right after church. And then we're going to have a night of worship with them. And this is going to be October 22nd, which is a Saturday night at 6 p.m. And so I highly encourage you guys to come up or come out that night. And we'll just have a time of worshiping God. Amen. Like, let's just lift up his voice and continue it even outside of Sunday service. We always want to be in a life of worship. So again, that's October 22nd, which is a Saturday night, 6 p.m. here for worship. And then October 16th, right after church, we'll have our potluck. The next thing I wanted to encourage, um, if you like to bake or if you want to help support um, snack on Sunday mornings, we are continuing to look for people that wouldn't mind signing up each week, or not each week, you don't have to do every week. But if there's a week that you're like, hey, I'd like to bring some snacks that week. Um, we do have people that are gluten-free, so that's always cool if you want to bring some gluten-free stuff. I obviously am not, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, but there is a clipboard that hangs right above the snack table. So if there's a week you know, that's separated out, you can just write your name in there and maybe what you're going to bring, and that would be awesome. Uh, the next thing is, once again, I want to say thank you for everybody that helped with the yard sale. Um, that helped us with our, our youth group. It helps fund the youth group. And then um, we did our conference a couple weekends ago. And we still had, like, a ton of clothes that were left over. And this happens every year. But one of our church members, they gave us uh, some information about a place down the hill that actually receives clothes and books as donations. And then they give money back for that, which is really cool. So we kept those clothes in bags, and we're going to be bringing that down in November. And wanted to just give you guys the opportunity. Maybe you're continuing to clean out your house, your closet, whatever it is. And if you have nice, good, clean clothes <laughs> that aren't all stained and stuff like that, and you would want to bring that, you could bring that to the church by the end of October. And if you could bring it maybe in, like, real hefty, good bags because it's going to be transporting down the hill or double bag it, whichever works best, um, that's another way that you can continue to contribute and help with Illuminate Youth Group as well. Whew, I think that's it um, as far as the announcements go. So with that, we'll just continue our time of worship and we'll receive our tithe and offerings. Um, I was thinking, you know, when we tithe, it's a way that we're saying, Lord, we trust you. And on top of that, our money even says that. On the bills, it says, in God we trust. Right? And so when we're giving back to God in our tithes and our offerings, we're saying, Lord, I trust you. Even if finances are tight right now, even if I don't know if I'm going to be able to put a food on the table next month or this next week, whatever that looks like for you, God, I trust you. Because what he's given to us, we just want to give back to him. Amen? So I just want to encourage you in that to remember that when we're giving it back, it's, we're already saying, God, we, in God, we trust you. Here you go. So let's go ahead and pray for our tithes and offering now. Father, we do trust you. We thank you so much that you are a good God that we can trust you. Lord, in all the many ways that you bless this church body, in all the ways that you bless us individually, God, in the ways that sometimes we don't understand and we're scared or whatever that looks like for each of us, God, I pray that we would be able to surrender everything to you and trust you in our finances, 
in our relationships, in our walk with you, God, in every aspect of our life, we want to trust you, Lord. And Father, we just ask that whatever's given today, God would go to bless you ultimately and to tell the world about who you are. Father, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, church family. So I thought I'd hop on here and let you guys know how the last month has been. So uh, I got here safe and sound. Obviously, I'm here. Uh, it was a little difficult getting here, but uh, God brought me through for sure. Um, and the teachings and ministry have all been great. So teachings do vary week to week. We have different uh, teachers coming in from around Sweden and other places. Um, and the topics also change with the teachers. So a few of the topics we have been studying are uh, the Holy Spirit, hearing God's voice, our identity, and this last week, this last week we learned about evangelism and worship. Uh, so they've all been awesome. The teachers are really cool. Um, and it's been really cool just learning different things. Uh, our Beyond that, our day-to-day -day life is very different every day. So we do have a lot of evangelism, like I said. So sometimes that's going into the city square near us and we just talk with different people. Um, or we would pass out coffee to the homeless that are near our house. Um, and then we also do this cool thing called mercy ministry. So that could be helping out at a food bank or we um, there's a low income neighborhood kind of close to us. So we go there and we hang out with the kids and play basketball and football and we try to spread the love of Jesus with them. It is kind of hard because it is a really broken neighborhood. Lots of drug problems there. Um, most of the kids only have one parent um, or they're in abusive relationships. So it's really sad, but we just try to hang out with them and, and um, just spread the love of Jesus. Um, other than that, there is a lot that we do. We do have small group once a week. Um, we also have weekly intercessions. So specifically, we have intercession on Thursday mornings and we pray for a different country every week um, and just the different topics that we choose. Um, so it could be praying for churches there or um, this last week we prayed for Iran. So we prayed for the issues that are going on there right now. So it's been really good. A lot of different ministries that they have going on here um, and they just try to get us involved and we're helping out as much as we can um, while also learning and figuring out how to <laughs> evangelize and be disciples. So it's really cool. Um, they are a part of this really awesome ministry called Jesus Bus. So that happens every Saturday night. We have groups that rotate who's going. Um, but what it is is we have coffee and tea and different pastries and we pass it out for free and we just try to have conversations with people um, and give them the story of Jesus and we try to pray with them and see what we can do for them. So that is a really fun and awesome ministry that we have been doing as well. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to thank you guys for all of your prayers and love. I really, really appreciate it. It has had its good days and bad days here, but I know I'm definitely here for a purpose. I know God's going to work in me and in the other students as well. So I'm going to try to do one of these videos every month, just let you guys know how it's going and anything new. Um, and I should know where I'm going on outreach by next month. So hopefully I'll be able to let you guys know about that. But yeah, I just wanted to thank you again for all your prayers and love and support. And I love you guys so much. I will talk to you soon. Bye.
I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> mm. It's good to get an update from one of your missionaries, amen? And uh, we're excited, so we'll, we'll hear more about where she's going to be heading. And um, so, praise Lord. Keep praying. I don't know if you've ever really looked at a map, but uh, I wish I should have put one up there. Um, Sweden is right across uh, the water from, um, well, in a sense, the, the west coast of where the Soviet Union is. But there's actually a little part of Russia that sits on that, was it the Baltic Sea there? And um, that's directly across from Sweden and all of these countries right there. And so, you know, um, so we're praying for her. And uh, because she's a little closer to the action than, uh, than we are over here. So you keep, keep her in prayers, but it's exciting what's happening. Loved hearing all the stuff that she's doing. I think, you know, we could be doing some of those things here, handing out coffee and tea and pastries, having conversations with people. So if that's stirring in your heart, let's love to see that happen. There's a great village uh, to, area that you could, we could set up a little table or something down and, and just love on people. Amen. All right, we are in the book of? First Corinthians. First Corinthians, amen. Amen. We're in chapter 4, which is page 1,633, if you have the same Bible I do. Amen. Hey, everybody who's tuning, who's been in, tuning in online, and, and uh, it's great. Every week we have people tune in from different parts of the U.S. and sometimes other countries, so uh, the ministry is going forth. We're, we're in the cha uh, First Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to do an overview of the entire chapter uh, today. We're going to get all the way through it, and then excited about next week, we're going to talk about sex. At least sexual immorality in the church, and so don't want to miss that. Um, so, you know, come and, and see what the Bible has to say about um, that next week. But for now, we are 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We've been praying a lot, but let me pray over the time in the Word. Heavenly Father, bless this time. God, open up our hearts. Father, let what's said here um, uh, teach us, encourage us, challenge us, inspire us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, by the time we are done with the book of 1 Corinthians, you're going to know it's going to really be in your head because every once in a while we talk a little bit about why it was written, who wrote it, and, and who wrote 1 Corinthians? Paul, very good. Um, and Paul, Paul had visited uh, Corinth. He's writing this letter because he's heard of some issues happening in the church. And, and it's important to understand that he is writing this letter uh, bringing some correction to the church. But remember, we've talked about this, or I've, I've talked about this. You just have to listen to me every week. But um, I've said that this letter is written to Christians. This letter is written to believers. It's not written to unbelievers. And so it's important to sometimes keep that in mind because, um, you know, we don't tell the world how to live. We don't tell the world how to live. We tell the world how much Jesus loves them. And, and the sacrifice that Jesus made for them so that they too might be set free from, from sin, from bondage, from the things that entrapped all of us at one time as well. So it's important to use, as in chapter 4 here because 
Paul is writing this letter to the church, but not just to any church. He is the founding father of the church. Uh, we're going to see in here that he talks to them that he is their father in the faith. Uh, so he's writing this letter as a father would to his family, to his children, if you will. And some of the things have been happening in here that his kids are being a little rebellious and his kids are, are lining up for themselves uh, different teachers and not just listening to people. In fact, uh, there's a line in here that says that they, uh, it's translated as 10,000 teachers, but numerous, a lot of teachers they're listening to. And that's not the problem. The problem is that they're, they're pitting one leader against the other and one faction against the other for listening to Peter or Paul or Apollos. And he's saying this shouldn't be. But he's correcting them lovingly. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that lovingly because he's writing as a father, but we're going to see some stuff in here. It's like, wow, he's like kind of coming against them. And I, I can hear my voice talking to my children um, as I'm reading 1 Corinthians 4. And I've read it, you know, 30, 40 times this week, just over and over again. Just really, what is it saying? Um, and I'm like, each time was a little bit different. I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the father voice. And he's doing what I do. We're going to get there in just a minute. So we're going to pick up in verse 6. And I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about each verse. It's going to be more of a verse-by-verse -verse time as we go through for the next uh, 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, Paul says, I have applied all these things uh, to myself and Apollos for your benefit, uh, that, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. Again, he's talking to them about raising up leaders and standing behind them. This is something I don't want to see uh, you know, I don't want to see in me. I don't want to see in, in people. Sometimes we raise up a leader and say, you know, and, and who it might be, well, Charles Stanley's the best. Or, or, or locally, we might say, well, you know, Mike Barnes is the best. Or Rob Hastings is the best. And we don't want to be pitting one another. We all attend a church because we're fed there, but we're not going to put others down. We're going to love the body of Christ. If you're preaching the word of Jesus, if you're preaching the word of Christ, we're all part of the same family. We're not going to uh, have divisions over those things. So he's reminding them about that. Don't be puffed up saying, our way is better than your way. Our way at the Journey Church is better than your way at Calvary Chapel. That, 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 that is not true, and that's not what we do. But again, you're here, hopefully, because you're like, I'm, I'm being fed, I'm being encouraged, the Word of God is being preached, and everybody should be going to church for those reasons. Um, and, and we are inspired, but we fellowship, love one another. And so, but here's an interesting point. He says uh, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written. This scripture really helps us to, to understand that as believers, we don't go outside of the scriptures and beyond the scriptures. There's a saying, it's sola scriptura, only the scriptures. We want to be people of the word of God. We want to be people who, who, like the Bereans, go to study the Bible, make sure that it is saying what we think it's saying, make sure that it is saying what we want it to say, and not that we, we are making it say what we want it to say. It's a big difference. A lot of people read the Bible and they try to make the Bible say what they feel and what they want it to say. And that's going beyond the Scriptures. What we want to do is, is read the Scriptures and say, what is this really saying, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable? 
Now, this is something in our society today that is shocking uh, to most of us um, in this room, listening online, is how far we've come into this place where everybody needs to feel comfortable. Nobody can be offended. Um, everything needs to just jive, and we need to accept everything, everyone, and this is the message coming across. Uh, this is um, even, and it started, sadly, I was realized I was having a conversation with Samuel, my son, and some of this started in my generation as we were parenting to our kids, and it wasn't me because I never was into this, but where we even took away winning from sports. No winning, no losing. We don't keep score here at this game. We're just playing for fun. So my next question would be to some of these parents, okay, how many times have we had fun so far this game? In other words, how many run runs did we score? Because it still comes down, we want to know. And, and at the end of the game, there is no winner and there is no loser, but we had more fun than you, okay? <laughs> we took some of these things out so that people don't get their feelings hurt, so they don't feel bad. Part of the problem is that in life, sometimes things happen that cause us to feel bad and make us uncomfortable. We don't want to be that when we go to the Bible. We don't want to say, ooh, I don't like that. Uh, that doesn't make me feel good. Sometimes it even says, that doesn't make me feel good about somebody else. It might, it might hurt their feelings. I, I'm going to guarantee you something. Going to hell will hurt your feelings more than anything you can possibly imagine. So we want to go to the Word of God. We don't want to go beyond the Scriptures. And so he's reminding us. So, so if, if you're highlighting a Scripture, I'd highlight that little part right there um, that we do not go beyond what is written. Um, it goes on to say we don't want to be puffed up in favor of one another. He's, he's just quickly, he's talking here, we don't want to be prideful people. And, and pride comes in to all of us. We, the, the enemy wants to bring in uh, this thing that we feel proud uh, and, and we feel that we are better than other people. Um, I, you know, sometimes I joke around saying, you know, I love all the churches up here and they're all great. Of course, ours is the best. And, you know, I say that with tongue in cheek. Um, and so if you ever heard me say that, you know, I, you know, it's that is not true. We don't want to have we don't want to have this pride. It's something as I'm better than you or they're better. But we want to just uh, look at things realistically through the word of God. And we're going to get in here. He's going to help us to get rid of some of that pride in just a minute here. Um, in verse 7, continuing on, and, and I'm kind of going fast, so if you want, you can go back and listen to this message online again. And if, if you download it and play it on um, Windows Media Player, you can slow it down, so I'm talking slower. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as, you, as if you did not receive it? So he goes right in. He's talking about don't be prideful. And then he says, which of you, who sees anything different in you? What makes you special? What makes you so special? He's challenging this. Now, we go, man, Paul, you're being kind of harsh here. He is. He's writing as a father would to his children. It's going to get even funnier here in a minute. What do you have that you did not receive? Oh, wait, you're boasting? You're prideful about something? Nothing that you have, nothing that you do, nothing that you can do, nothing that you can imagine, nothing that you can dream of was of your own making. Nothing. It's all been given to you because we were created in God's sight, in God's 
vision, in God's heart, and in the image of God. He created us. He puts into us our personalities. He, he gives us gifts. Yes, you say, yeah, but I worked really hard. And I'm, I'm one of these people. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people with just natural talent. There are some. So I, I want to encourage you. Don't downplay somebody's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of practice going, wow, you're just a natural, aren't you? No, most of them worked their hiney off to get good at what they do. But that's not a reason to get prideful. You know why? Who gave them the ability to even do that? See, the Bible says that, that God gives you the ability to even earn an income. Some of you, oh, man, I've earned a lot of money. I've worked really hard. Good. The Bible says you should. You should work hard. You should use everything God's given you to His glory, and you should work hard. And, and if, you have, if you've been blessed, you should bless other people. But He gave you the ability to work. He gave you the ability to think and to, to, to reason and to do all these things. So Paul's going, why are you boasting? That'd be like, you should be proud of me. I have blue eyes. <laughs> I worked really hard for these blue eyes. I did nothing. And it, it, that was one of my, my best traits. It's probably my only good one. You know, people say, oh, you have really nice eyes. Well, thank you. I worked hard on them. <laughs> I get up early in the morning and just concentrate so they look nice. No, I didn't do that. I can't do that. No one. Everything is a gift from God. So he's going, just let's get it straight, guys. Stop being puffed up. Even if you've got something, remember where it came from. That helps us. You know what, God? Thank you. Thank you. And not this prayer Jesus talked about, not this prayer, thank you that I'm better than they are. Thank you that I'm not such a wretch like that woman. God, thank you. Because anything good in me really did come from you. It really did. You received it. Why do you, what do you have that you did not receive? And if then you received it, why do you boast as you did not receive it? Let your boasting be in the Lord. My God is good. You know, yeah, but you worked really hard. You know, I, I, I did. I did work hard. And it's okay to say things. You know, I did. I worked, I, I worked hard. And if you want to succeed in life, you need to work hard. Right? If you want to overcome sin, you need to work hard. If you want to lose weight, you need to work hard. Now, some of you make me sick because you can eat whatever you want and you don't gain an ounce. You really need to give thanks to God for that. And we need to repent for being jealous. But um, it was given. You received it. God, help us to recognize these things as gifts from you, these abilities. Verse 8, already you have all that you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. If you, if you read ahead, and I encourage you every week to be reading and rereading and going ahead. Um, read chapter 5 next week. Hope you read chapter 4 this week and last couple weeks. Um, you may have gotten there and you're like, huh? Are they rich? I don't understand. You might, if you had a problem in these verses, here's why. He's being sarcastic. Paul is actually kind of cutting them down with a sarcastic tone. I'm like, oh, I've never done that with my kids. 
right? I mean, sarcasm is something that we use on our kids. Why? Because we hate them. No, because we're trying, because we're trying to help them grow. And sometimes we've stepped out of God and, and we, we get a little nasty. But Paul is, is actually just saying, let's just put it right. And he's, he's got, I, I like him. He's got the gift of sarcasm like I do. You know, oh, already you have all that you want. You have become rich. Without us, you become kings. And he's going, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Let's start thinking straight. Paul is kind of coming against us. And you know what? We don't like that. People don't like that. The body of Christ doesn't like that. That's why we leave churches so often. Well, the pastor said something I just really don't like. And he said I shouldn't be shacking up. And I didn't like that. He called me on something. Somebody in the, in the church came up to me and they exhorted me or so, you know, and they wouldn't use that word. They say they judged me. And he's like, well, how did they judge you? Well, I told them that I've been sleeping around with the girls I meet over at Whiskey Dave's. And he says, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. And I just think he's judging me. I'm leaving. Yeah, okay, I'm being a little, you know, over the top, right? But we do this. And by the way, that's not judgment. When you confess to sin and you're a believer and another believer says, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. That's not judgment. You confessed to sinning and they're telling you it's a sin. That's just what the Bible says. We need to be like the Corinthians and go, you know what? Bring it on, Paul. You got a word? I need to hear it. Is it from the Bible? Is it gospel? Is it true? I need to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I need to hear it. I needed to hear 10 months ago, 11 months ago almost, I needed to hear a message that I wasn't hearing. You need to eat better and you need to exercise. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't like to hear that. So I had a massive heart attack in November of last year. I'm learning. I wish I would have listened before it took that. Quadruple bypass later, and here I am. Praise God. Health, but spiritually, we don't want to listen. Let's be people go, wait. Okay, give it to me. Give it to, give it to me straight. Give it to me. What does the Word of God say about me? You know, most of what the Word of God says is, I love you with an everlasting love. I, I have so much in store for you. If you'll just hear my voice and submit yourself to me, I want to give you a life that will blow your mind. But you got to listen to me. So he's using a little bit of sarcasm. And, and at the end of that, eight, he says, and, and I wish that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. I believe... Uh, He's, he's really kind of just looking forward to him like, yeah, because if you were kings, that would mean we would be in the millennial reign. We'd all be reigning, and I wish that was the case. And how many times have you said that in the last couple years going, Lord Jesus, is today, today looks like a really good day to come back. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, until that trumpet sounds, we're here, and we can want it. We can want it. We can wait for it, but we need to be living here as best as we can, full of the Holy Spirit. And, and Paul is, I think, he kind of saying the thing, hey, I wish that was true. Uh, we'd be reigning with you. We'd all be in this. We wouldn't have to talk about sin. We wouldn't have to talk about these issues anymore. For I think that God has exhibited us as, as apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, 
because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you, here goes sarcasm again, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. When, we re when we're reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. He's, he's getting kind of harsh. Because, man, that just, we don't want to hear messages like that. Again, he's writing to us, the church. So let's, let's hear him get a little harsh here. Hey, guys. You guys think it's all, you're all this, and, and God has chosen that we as apostles, Paul is saying, to be like the scum of the earth, to be, uh, one of the translations of that would be to be what's scraped off at the plate into the trash can at the end of the meal. That's us. You know, around my house, you know, if there's still good food on the plate with the kids, I'm like, wait, I'll eat that. I, don't, I won't scrape it until there's, it's all yucky. And, you know, Paul's saying, it's, this, is, this, is, this isn't worth being eaten. This is the scum of the earth. This is bad. And that's what he says. This is what he was saying. God did this with us. How, why does he feel that? Because these apostles, these highly honored people, these people who walked with Jesus are being tortured, are being arrested, are being flogged, and at this point are already beginning to be martyred, killed for their faith. Uh, it wasn't a good thing to be a Christian. Now, I'm looking around the room, and I'm looking at my own chin and hair. Um, we got a lot of graying happening in this room, which means many of us grew up in a time where Christianity was not so despised as it is today. Grew up in a time that, that even if you weren't a believer, you had respect for a pastor. There was something about that. Even unbelievers, atheists, gang members, 40 years ago would never think about robbing the church or doing something to a man of the cloth, a man of God. There was some honor to that. I want to tell you something. That is not what Paul experienced. That is not what the apostles experienced. That is not what disciples of Christ experienced. They were among, the, among Christians, maybe, and yes, but among the world, they were despised. They, these people were breaking up. They were challenging Jewish belief causing problems. They were causing Rome to look at them going, what are you doing? Are you proclaiming another king besides Caesar? That's a rabble rouser. That is not somebody you want around if you are not a believer. And he's talking about that. This is us. And you, you're so rich and you're so wise. What was happening with these people probably? They were beginning to think that they were all that. You know that saying? Yeah, you're all that. Actually, you're not all that in a bag of chips. I think I heard that, right? You're all that in a bag of chips. He's like, come on. You know, he, he's putting us on display, and you guys are just trying to build this amazing life. There was some wealth in the city of Corinth. There was a lot of things, and the, they were kind of uh, beginning to play into other religions and other things going on. We're going to find out they were boasting about uh, immorality in the church, and, and he's coming against them going, guys, you are missing the point. God is calling us to live holy. God is calling us to live proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it sometimes is hard. And look at us as leaders. It's, it's not going well. Not in the natural. 
You know, when, when there's a war going on, and some of you remember the, the draft, some of you maybe fought and were in the draft in Vietnam. Otherwise, uh, many of you know people who went, and, and, and many of you know people who died. In 1971, I don't think there were that many people going, I want to join the army. I don't think there were that many. Some people were going, let me think. I'm going to join the Air Force, maybe to try to stay safe. Why? Because not too many people jump up and down and going, put me out front. Give me a gun. Put me out front. 20% chance I'll make it. I don't know what the odds were. Some of these places were bad. Paul's kind of saying, hey, guys, this is where we're at. We're hated. And, and you're trying to make this thing all, you're missing the point, is, is what he's going. Let me, let me move on. Let's not miss the point. And, and he says, he exhibits his last of all like men sentenced to death. Um, there's a, a, a scene in here that when a country would go and conquer, um, they would bring the, the captives, the, the captives back, and they would bring the the leaders of the other person's army, they would bring them back, and there was an arch in a lot of these, these cities. They'd march them under the arch in cuffs as a show to everyone, this is the victory. You're watching it. We won. See, they didn't have social media. They didn't have news. They didn't have all these things to, to prove that they won. So they had to bring them back, and they would march them through the city and say, this is the spoils. This is the victory. We won. And then at the end of all that, they'd kill the people or sell them into slavery. This is the picture Paul's using about himself. This is us. We're like being marched in, and they're, they're declaring victory. And we know that that happened uh, in the times in the times immediately following when Paul's writing where they would, they would take Christians, they'd march them into the Colosseum, and they would kill them for sport and asking them to deny their faith. And as Mickey preached a while back, uh, he, with all the accounts of... of uh, you know, just a couple percent, like two to three maybe percent of all the people of the thousands they would ask to deny their faith, only a couple percent would. And, and of course, we're like, oh, it's sad that anyone would. It is sad. But, you know, when you're about to be eaten by a lion, it's pretty convincing. In fact, I would say you have to be really convinced about what you believe to not let the lion eat you. It's one of the proofs of Christianity. And that's Paul saying that. This is us. We are exhibited last of all like the leaders sentenced to death. We become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. Just, just for kind of fun, anyone have a, a testimony that um, somebody close to you, a boss, businessman, family member, when you told them about your faith in Christ and your desire to follow Christ, said something like, you're a fool. Anyone have that testimony? It's not everyone, but, but some of us have that, like, you're, you're a fool. Sometimes because you're a fool because you are so smart, you could make a ton of money and you're just going to give it all away to that silliness of being Christian. Whatever it might be, fools for Christ's sake. Because following Jesus in a, in a world that doesn't count Christianity as valid and worth anything, 
you are a fool, and that's what we've been talking about the first three chapters, you are a fool compared to the wisdom of the world. To believe all this nonsense, to put your faith in a book that's so old and it's, we can't, you can't even verify that it's true, and they've come up with all these lies. And he says, we are fools for Christ's sake. And then he goes, but you're so wise. You know, more sarcasm going on. Again, I've done it with my kids. You know, they've come and tried to tell me something, tried to convince me that doing something was good for them. And sometimes I've said like, oh, teach me more, guru. Explain the ways of the world. You have so much experience, you 13-year-old. Sam remembers that just a couple years ago. Oh, wow, wait, let me sit down so you can teach me. Okay, I'm it wasn't the best of moments in my life. But Paul's kind of doing the sim similar thing. Oh, you're so wise. Sometimes, sometimes it takes that and we go, yeah, maybe not. Let me listen to you. You know what's amazing? Sometimes we do that with God. God tells us something. He tells us to do the Word of God, and we go, yeah, but. And I, I, I God going, oh, you're going to, hey, think of the way God talked to Job. Oh, you're going to teach me. All right. Where were you? Where were you when I was creating everything? I, I kind of like this chapter, as you can see. I need to move on. They had tough times. It says, to this present hour, we hunger and thirst. We're poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. Paul, Paul was a tent maker. He worked with leather. Um, he earned his way. He wasn't afraid. Uh, when reviled, we blessed. I want, I want to touch that. What a great way to live, church. When reviled, bless back. That's, that's the way to, to live. Let's, you know, let's get, not get into name-calling. Some of you need to stop typing on your phone when somebody's challenging you on social media. Some of you need to say, my thumbs need to get filled with the Holy Spirit before I send another one of these. Let's, let's not revile. Let's bless. Let's bless. We can stand up for truth and still bless, by the way. Okay? When slandered, we, we entreat. We become and are still like the scum of the earth, the refuse of things. Verse 14. I don't write these things to make you ashamed. He's not being harsh. I'm not being harsh to shame or to make anyone just feel bad for the sake of feeling bad. But he says, but to admonish you as my beloved children. There he is. He's got a better hope for them. He's got a desire that they would be all that God created them to be and live the way that God has for them, that they might experience the blessings of God and not miss anything on earth, let alone miss heaven if they're not already saved. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you don't have many fathers. I have become your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel, through the good news that he preached he preached the word, and when they got saved, he became like a spiritual father. So I urge you then, be imitators of me. That's why I sent you Timothy, my beloved, and a faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere and in every church. 
I'm going to stop that, and that might be all we get. We're, we're just about there anyways. Paul is saying, I, I'm a father to you. And, and, and then he says, I'm, I'm sending Timothy to you, and Timothy's going to remind you all things. What, what is that? Timothy was so close to Paul that, that but Paul could say, when I send Timothy, I'm sending myself. I trust him. He's followed me. He's learned. He knows the scriptures. And when he comes to you, it's like I'm coming too. So he's going to come and remind you of things. This is what we need to be as fathers. We need to be people who lead others to Jesus. And you can, you can be a father even if you're a mother. And I'm not talking transgender stuff here. You, you can be a father in the faith. You can be a mother in the faith. You can be somebody like Paul who begets somebody in the faith. As you preach the gospel, as you live your life, you might lead them to Jesus. You are their spiritual parent. You're a mother. You're a father in Jesus. And, and I want to challenge and encourage us, have we done that? Are, are, are we realizing, do we realize that it's not just Mickey's responsibility or my responsibility or or Joe or your Bible study leader. It's not your respon- it's not just our responsibility to make all these babies, spiritual babies. You know, we're, we're, I'm called a shepherd. Did you know that shepherd don't make sheep? Sheep make sheep. Don't look to your leaders to, to win everybody to Jesus. Live your life. Live your life. Become a, a spiritual parent. Look around you. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe you're, maybe you're like a, a spiritual mother. Maybe you didn't win them to Christ, but you're, you've got this opportunity to disciple somebody. Take the role seriously. I don't know if that's ever happened to you where somebody's come up and said something like, like you know, I really look to you as, as a mentor or as a spiritual parent or, or a parent at, at work or something else, and you went, ooh, <gasps> And, and, you, and your first reaction might have been, please don't. <laughs> and, and why do we say that? Because we know we're not doing it. And maybe a part of it is also, and we don't want to do it. But part of the Christian life is, is going, no, we all need to work towards being that spiritual leader, that spiritual parent to somebody. I heard, I heard this lesson, and, and um, I heard it two ways, very, very similar. So I can't remember if it was uh, John Corson who, who said it this way or not, or, or this, uh, one of the other commentaries. They both said it so similarly. Um, it, it's simply this. Parent your followers and follow your parents. Parent your followers and follow your parents. Who's your parent in the faith? Who are you looking to to, to guide you? You know, make, make sure they're worthy of it. Not perfect. Follow somebody who's, who's go, going the right direction and, and has a good example. Follow your parent. You know, I've had, I've had uh, people in the faith who I have followed, I've emulated. I've, they've been an inspiration to me. They weren't perfect. Mark Johnson's one of them. He's one of my mentors, one of my fathers in the faith. I'm so excited about him coming in a couple weeks. Years ago, uh, I, I played music with him so long that, that I, I just did everything he did. And, and you, if you close your eyes, you couldn't tell if it was him playing or me playing. You know, and I just followed. 
musically, you know, spiritually. How do we do this? I, in fact, he, he, he wrote me a couple of years ago. And he says, I'm mentoring somebody else. And he goes, you're the first person who ever said I, I was like your mentor. He says, what did I do? <laughs> he didn't know what he did. He has lived his life. And he mentored me through that. Follow your parents. Find, who are they? Don't become the kid who turns 18 and says, don't need you anymore, mom and dad. I know everything. You don't even get your brain until you're 25. Spiritually, the same thing. Don't, don't neglect some of these people. Follow your parents and parent your followers. There's people looking at you, looking to you, because you know more than they do. You are a little bit ahead of the process of being a Christian. You are, even if you are new in the faith, there is somebody in your life that won't look to anybody else because they know you and you're closer to them. They can still relate with you, but they're watching you get changed by the gospel. Parent your followers and follow your parents. There's a lot of people you're listening to and there's a lot of teaching out there. All the more reason today that we need to help people. Because there are so many ways of getting teachings today, and it gets confusing. Some of you, I've, I've ta had some conversations, and, and sometimes people come and say, well, I was listening to this teacher, and they said this, and then I listened to that, and, and they said something different, and I'm just confused. Yeah, it's a lot of confusion out there. Follow your parents. Paul says something, and he says it in a, in a couple different places, but in 16 he says this. I urge you then, be imitators of me. What a powerful and difficult statement that is. That's what I was talking about a minute ago. Most of us, I think, in general, and sometimes it's humility. Sometimes it's, it's just coming out of a, a humble place. But I'm going to even challenge you in that and, and help to correct you. We say, don't follow me, follow Jesus. The problem is, is you're a lot easier to follow. I see you. You know, you're a parent. I'm a parent. I'm, I'm watching you parent your kids because you're a believer. And I, I didn't see Jesus parent his kids. I don't, I don't know what Jesus exactly would have done when his kids lied about not doing their homework. We're on social media too long or picked up their phone in the middle of the night and we're watching porn. 2 a.m. in their bed. That's what parents deal with. And you're a parent. How'd you get through it? Paul says, be imitators of me. Follow me as I follow Christ. I want to challenge us to stop living in a way that we go, don't look at me. I'm imperfect. Just follow Jesus. And realize people are going to look at you anyways. They're going to look at you. Remember a story. It was with, with, I think it was with Julius Caesar. He was giving a speech, and there were thousands of people there listening. And there was this youngster in the front. The, the story goes, the, the, the account goes, he was a teenager, maybe 13, 14 years old, which is a wonderful age. <laughs> and the kid just was messing around. You know, being a typical 14-year-old, 13-year-old, just kind of playing around and causing a little bit of a commotion. 
And he kept looking down there, and finally he stopped. And he says, what's your name? And the kid smugly said, it's Julius. Well, it's like, oh, we have the same name, so <laughs> it's Julius. And he looks down at him, and he says, oh, in that case, either change your name or act right. I'm a Christian. Either change your title or act right. I'm not saying perfection. Because you know what people really want? They want to see somebody who knows how to fail and get back up again. They, they, that's why they're following you. <laughs> Jesus sets the bar really up here. I just feel bad about myself all the time. But I'm watching you, and you're kind of like me, and you stopped fill in the blank. You stopped being mean. You stopped cussing. You stopped, you stopped your addiction. You, you started treating your kids better. You, what, what, just fit, fit these things that Christ wants to do in us. He wants to heal us and bring us to this perfection. Like, I can relate with you. How'd you do it? You go, well, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm following my parents. I'm going to parent my followers. I'm going to follow Christ as best as I can, willing to say, you know what? I want to tell you. I know you've been watching me. I really messed up. And I want to tell you that I admit that. And that I want to encourage you not to follow in my footsteps. We've done that with our kids, right? We say that, you know, about the past. You know, don't make the same mistakes I did. That's a good thing to say to your kids. You know, try not to make the same mistakes. Try to learn from, from what I know now in my experience. You know, it's not a good thing to say to your kids or to your followers. Do as I say, not as I do. That's just, that's just kind of weak. It's not a great way to live, you know, unless you're really explaining. It says, listen, I blew it. You know, it's wonderful when somebody who you're following will have the courage to tell you, that wasn't what I should have done. It's what I did. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Confessing to you. I'm, I'm, but I'm getting back up. I'm going to try again. Do the same. Is that, is that good, church? It's, it's tough sometimes, isn't it? Parents come in, Paul comes in, the word comes in, he challenges us, but he challenges us because God actually knows what's better for us. And he, and he wrote the word for us to encourage and challenge us. And we, I, I never want to use it myself this way, and I don't want other people to use it as a, something to beat people over the head with and just be better and do better. But it's like, know him more, know him more. Let him heal you. Let him draw you close. Let him be your source of life. And these other things, they will fall off. They'll fall off as you allow him to fill you. Let's, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word in, in the, this book uh, through 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We, uh, I'm encouraged by it. I'm challenged by it. Lord, I... I need to be really being purposeful in um, parenting my followers and, and know that I still need to follow my parents. Um, until I come home, I still have more to learn, to grow in, to do, to allow you to work in my life. And I think all of us in here are in the same place. 
God, this morning, my prayer is that everyone would feel encouraged to draw closer to you, to, to move just a step closer this morning to you through your word, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through communing, communing with another believer, living the life together. Help us each to draw closer to you on this journey that we are walking uh, in this world until we all reach heaven. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May it bless you guys all. Love one another on your way out. And, and uh, thanks for tuning in online, too. God bless you. <laughs>